scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And I'm Bob Ray. And welcome to Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. A new episode. Yay! I know. Things have been kind of crazy. Well, what's been going on, uh, before we we start with talking about what's going on, Bob and I are Uh going to be a guest on Misty Gaither's uh, show, Let's talk. Yes, and, we are. And she's going to do a guest spot on this show. Open shutters. How, how exciting is that? So you have somebody besides us to talk to from the closet, Philip. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Philip's known Misty for years, haven't you? Oh, yeah. She's been involved with all kinds of things. I mean, I, I, haven't, I, got, I haven't got to know her, like, overly personal, but I've known her, yes. But she has got, she was the... Lesbian of the Year and the Gay Appreciation yep. Awards, the GAA this year. We were there for a little while, but we couldn't stay a long time because we, well, Bob had to go to work the next morning and we couldn't uh, be there. The story of my life. But uh, we what? went there and uh, uh, Bob's restaurant, which is called what, Bob? Right now I'm working for Up and Adam Eats, 3903 Canal Street, New Orleans. Come by and get. Great old breakfast and brunch served daily Tuesday through Sunday from 8 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Are we getting paid a sponsorship for that? We are not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, his, his was his restaurant was nominated, but they didn't win. Unfortunately. They lost to Louisiana Pizza Kitchen. Uptown. <laughs> yeah, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> nice. They may advertise with us. You never know. We better watch uh, so it. what's going on with you, Philip? Me, oh, just a ton of medical stuff. It's like crazy, but yeah. Well, I know all yeah. too well about the medical thing. I was hospitalized last weekend, so yes, I, I definitely can't record from September 13th to the 18th. We know. I'm gonna be rigged up. They're gonna have like electrodes <laughs> all on my head for five freaking days, and I can't fucking shower. <laughs> It would be an electrocution. That sounds sounds dreadful. But you know what? Um, I think that may be the week Misty's going to join us. So, Oh, oh, you want to be here when she joins us, huh? Of course Well, if we can do it on the Monday, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it on the... She said she can do it on a Monday. We were recording late this week because we had so much crazy stuff all all week. But he just got out of the hospital. (sighs) Yeah, and now I'm yeah. having oral surgery next week. So oh my, you got too much going on. Well, I got the double MRI <laughs> next week. The double MRI. Oh my goodness! I had a CT scan and an angiogram last week. So how we are not oh. poster children for the medical community? <laughs> really? You need like one of those little frequent uh, card things, you know? Like, uh, frequent flyer yeah, miles yeah, for the hospital. Yeah, yeah I actually have one for the you know, ER. Go. And Lance had a really bad boil. <laughs> you deserve two punches for that. Yeah, on the card. Yeah, yeah. Lance had a really bad boil, like right near his armpit. And 
Wine and wine, 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 wine. Wine, 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 wine. That's all he did. And you're any better? Uh, what about you? Uh, I didn't cry. I have. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I can't go to work. Oh, I got too drunk last night. All that kind of shit. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are we bringing this up? <laughs> I, I I just use this as an example. I didn't bring anything up. Uh, see what I deal with, everyone? Yes. Okay, well, where are we? What are we doing now? What you been watching on TV? Yeah, Philip, what have you been watching? Oh, you know what I've been I'm so excited. The House of the Dragon is oh, here. Yeah. Yes, we were talking about that off air, and, and he said I should start watching that because I haven't seen Game of Thrones yet. I know, I'm behind the, in the times, but I have not seen the Game of Thrones yet. I've read the books, and the books are great, but I have not watched the series. Well, um, but you guys, not just the show that's exciting, it's all the memes that are coming out as well. Oh. Like, I'm loving the memes. And I've decided there's an actress on there that I really like. Her name is Eve Beth. You know who I'm talking about, Philip? She was, uh, did, you, did you see Nurse Jackie? Okay, and what is Carrot? Wait, now you gotta go and look this up. Eve <laughs> Best? She's Eve Best. She was on Nurse Jackie. She played the British doctor oh, that used to help. She's the one playing Rhaenyra's, the, yeah. old, the older. And the, she's the also queen. on that fairy show that Lance watched that in like uh, um, Fate, the, the Winks or something. She plays the headmistress of the, of the fairy school. Oh, I'm loving her, though, because she's she might be the shady character of the series. It looks really that way so far. Yeah. OK, I have and not I'm, started watching it. Yeah, don't give won't be here till tomorrow. No so. spoilers. <laughs> Please. No spoilers. I'm not, not going to give spoilers. I'm just saying she might become the shady character. And I'm hoping yeah. She OK. Is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not even looking it up yet. All right. So are you going to watch Game of Thrones first? Are you gonna just, I don't know yet. Because it's right. a prequel. And we also you... saw, speaking of the prequels, we saw Orphan First Kill at the yes, movie. That was cool. I know. I need to watch that. I can watch it on the Paramount Plus. Yeah. Watch it. Uh, so, uh, like, Isabel Furman in the first movie was a nine-year-old girl playing a 33-year-old woman pretending to be a nine-year-old girl. <laughs> now in this one, she's a 25-year-old uh, woman playing a 30-year-old woman pretending to be a nine-year-old girl. And they have her all... <laughs> They just CGI'd her. Yes. Did a good job. At some point, you believe she's really a nine-year-old girl, but then sometimes she looks like a sim. <laughs> oh. Uh, yes. That is where the problem I find with the de-aging uh, CGI or the aging CGI that they're doing now. They sometimes make the actor look like a sim. Like, what was that movie Will Smith was in when he was fighting with his younger self? The younger Will Smith looked like a sim. Mm. He did. Well, anyways, <laughs> moving right along tonight. <laughs> so where we going? Where we at next? What we doing? We oh, I wanted to tell y'all. Have y'all been keeping up with? I don't know if we got to. I don't. It's been a while. We didn't get to talk about it on the um, the last podcast we recorded. But the so more of Lake Mead has been drying up, right? Yes. Yeah. And, Covering more bodies. I, I saw that um, yesterday morning on the news. More bodies. And the first body, remember I called it and I said, I bet you it's going to be mafia related. Well, and it was. It is. It, it is. is. Yes. Oh, man. 
well. and they think the guy the guy went missing it was like the late 70s or whatever he went missing and all and it, they were interviewing the sister and you know and everything and all and so yeah and he was involved in some stuff so who knows wow. they, they might be so we might have to do once they get all these information about all these bodies we might have to do a whole podcast on, on the lead bodies yeah. Well, they said a, quite a few of them were probably going to be drowning victims. Well, well, they knew he was the one in the barrel, though. Yeah. That's why I, I called that one. I said, you know that's going to be. Yes. So. This lake is actually drying up? Yes. Wow. Oh, it's been drying up for years, but it's getting, it's now at a critical level where basically if they can't get enough water in it, it's going to like goes so low that it causes this thing where it's just going to be so low that it's going to like speed up the process. Oh, faster. good lord! <laughs> oh, so here, Mike, I'll show you. Which means that the Hoover Dam's not going to be able to work. Yeah, <laughs> basically, it's going to be real shitty. <laughs> I'm trying to find a current photo for him so he can see. Oh, you're trying to see? Yes, on the two big screens. And I have all oh, this hush. other stuff blocking me. <laughs> all these microphones and yes, I feel like this I'm... is current. You see where it originally yeah. was? Yeah. Now that's where it's at. Oh wow! Yes, that is. And they find in bodies. Yes, bodies. Yeah, they find it. was. And that was four years ago. It's went down further. Oh my goodness! Look at that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, anyways, continuing on tonight. So um, and um. What else we saw yesterday? We saw the invitation. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, you tell us. Wait, I haven't got. Well, I haven't got to see it, but tell, tell us what you thought. I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. It was okay. I fell asleep. He fell asleep. It was the first movie that <laughs> I haven't fallen asleep on in a long time. You know, there are certain movies where I always fall asleep. Put Star Wars right. on. It's like it, it's it, it's like ambient. <laughs> Anything Star Wars, ambient. <laughs> I go right there out. And I don't care if it's that first one that everybody loves so much. That one's the worst as far as I'm concerned. Oh, oh, oh. Not poor my thing. franchise. <laughs> poor, poor thing. Not I'm not either. too crazy about Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings either. Yeah, Harry Potter just doesn't appeal to me. But hey. Well, hey, Lord of the Rings got the Rings of Power coming out on Friday. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Um, Kind of in the, the most expensive television show ever. Now we did they start watching billion on it. That is a waste of money, in my opinion. Uh, if you um, uh, one of the things we did start watching the Sandman, but we never finished it because Lance got kind of bored with it. What the Sandman was excellent. Well, oh he got God. bored with what? it. <laughs> really? Yeah. So we start watching other stuff. You know well, how that it like is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, where are we at now? Are we ready for the obits? I believe we are. All right. It's going to be a short show tonight. Yeah, it's a short It's short obits. And here we go. We're going to start off with, well, let's see. We're going to start with a, a country music singer named Luke Bell. He was only 32 years old. He went missing earlier this month, and he was found dead. And there's an investigation going on 
at the moment. He's a singer-songwriter from Cody, Wyoming. He was reported missing by friends more than a week ago. He's well-known for songs like Where You Been, Sometimes, and open for acts like Dwight Yoakam and Hayes Carl. Carl. Okay. So anyway, uh, we're still that's still mysterious. We're going to have to find out more later on. We he- will see what's going on. Next one is going to be, this is the one you told me to do. Is he Mike Miyaki? Miyaki. Is he Miyaki? The influence, influential Japanese fashion designer died at the age of 84. And uh, his timeless pleats made him an industry favorite. He rose to international prominence in the 80s with avant-garde designs that those who could who could afford his luxury pieces immediately regarded as collector's items. Today, his designs are preserved at institutions including London's Victoria and Albert Museum, the New York Museum of Modern Art, and the Philadelphia Museum of Art. And Steve Jobs was a lifelong customer of his and bought his black turtlenecks exclusively from Issy Miyaki. So rest in peace, Izzy, Isky. Issey Miyake, my partner Issei? actually has some of his outfits. Yeah, they said you got to be rich to afford them. Oh yeah, that's why Jim has them. Ain't nobody. Else. Jim actually has it's got the one. <laughs> well, it's it's got the pleats and it's a lime green like set, like of the shirt, like the the polo and the pants. It's too much. It's like bright ass lime green. Bright ass lime green. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going political now. Yes, we are. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev. Who was um, in- instrumental in what they called that um, when the Soviet Union fell and ended the Cold War? Yes. Yes. He has died at the age of 71. He was a reformist Soviet leader who uh, weighed the de- seven decades of communist rule and set a new course, presiding over the end of the Cold War and the dissolution of the USSR. Uh, few leaders in the 20th century, indeed, any century, have such a profound effect on time. In a little more than six years, Gorbachev lifted the Iron Curtain decisively, altering the political clim- climate of the world. And he promised to deliver greatest openness as he set out to re- restructure his country, society, and falter in the economy. This is a really, really important historical figure, isn't he? So yeah, he, he really was. Yes, he really was. And uh, I mean, he's dead. Robert, the age of this is a kid here. Robert. Yes. You remember as a kid probably hearing his name just as much as Reagan's. Yeah, you right? heard Mikhail Gorbachev. Always like, in all, school, all the time, yeah. especially with the uh, war in Afghanistan. Russia had a war in Afghanistan back then. They also, well, the USSR did. The USSR also had the Soviet state republics that you had in the early '90s. I was reading earlier today when I heard about his passing, how the Soviet Baltic states were pulling away from the USSR and it dissolved the USSR, and that's basically what led to his demise as the premier yeah. of the Soviet Republic, but he was so instrumental in democracy 
or what the closest thing to democracy that Russia has ever seen. In, even Putin today released a statement of condolence for the Gorbachev family. And he said that uh, whose legacy he has tried to undo. Uh, Putin said today that uh, Mr. Gorbachev led our country during a period of complex dramatic changes and offered his sincere words of sympathy and support for the former Soviet leader. Uh, I think the world would be a different place right now if a Mikhail Gorbachev was in charge of Russia. He brought True. in he brought in a lot of change. He brought in a lot of different things for the Russian people and the Baltic people especially. Uh capitalism became very popular then but he also had his downfalls he had the russian bread lines and things like that and the major inflation of the early 90s but he was a great leader he even won a nobel peace prize in the late i believe it was the late 80s and he gave this the russian people mcdonald's <laughs> and pizza hut <laughs> and pizza hut there's a and allow billy joel to go and allow billy joel to go perform yeah allow billy joel to perform yes he sure did yes Okay, so. our next one. This we're going Broadway and New, uh, York. New York. Robert Lapone, Sopranos actor and brother of Patty Lapone, dead at seventy-six. Robert was a was a Tony Award-winning nominee, uh, Tony Award nominee, who also called, starred as Tony Soprano's neighbor and family physician, Dr. Bruce Cusimano, on The Sopranos. He's died at the age of 76. He was his brother, Patty Lapone, as I said earlier. And he founded uh, the Off-Broadway Theater Company, MCC Theater. He helped establish that in 1986. Um, he, also, he also was a graduate of Juilliard, and his first professional job was the ensemble of Liza Minnelli's The Pajama Game. And he made his Broadway debut in Sweet Potato in 1968. Went on to score a Tony nomination for Best Featured Actor in a Musical as Zach in the Chorus Line at the 1976 award ceremony. And his television credits are The Sopranos, Sex in the City, Guide and Light, All My Children, for which he received a Daytime Emmy nomination. I remember him on Guide and Light. I remember his... Uh, character you would remember guiding light yes i do remember guiding Light. my mom used to watch 1990 he appeared yeah my mom used to watch it all the time he was uh he was a villain actually on there and um he led the off-broadway nonprofit mcc theater as an arts educator and co-artistic director along with bernie kelsey and will cantor for nearly 40 years building it from the ground up and he helped to produce such shows as Frozen, Hand to God, Schoolgirls, or the African Mean Girls Play, and the Pulitzer Supplies winning Wilt. So rest in peace, Robert Lapone. Yes. Now, our Seven. last one. Last, our last show that we recorded, I told you she was going to be an old bit on the next show because she was in a coma and uh, like not expected to live uh, and yes. everything. And hey, she was the... Um, she was actually Ellen DeGeneres' girlfriend at one time. That was Ellen DeGeneres' first public girlfriend. Oh. And she was known for uh, 
directed several movies, uh, starting with another soap opera, Another World. Now she had a, a, a she had a, a automobile accident where she ran into someone's house, and the house exploded. The car exploded, and the house burnt down. And she was badly injured, badly burned, and she remained in a coma for several days. So, um, yeah, Ellen's girlfriend was one of the first things she she was known for. Nineteen ninety seven. And and uh, she was also she made several movies with uh, stars like. Oh, I know she did Jude Law because I remember they were filming Jude in that. Jude Law, yeah. Um, Thomas Jane in the TV show Kung. Uh, she was. Um, she also uh, had some mental issues too. She was, uh, which she discussed in her book called in her autobiography, "Call Me Crazy." She um, and it, it was determined that she was high on cocaine when the accident happened. Oh wow! The tox screens, yeah. Yeah, the LAPD said in an, yeah. at a preliminary blood analysis confirmed and the it, presence of both. Cocaine and narcotics, including fentanyl, in Hesh's system. Although a second and more comprehensive drug test is required to determine whether the narcotics detected were given by the hospital or ingested prior to her hospitalization. The second test could take anywhere from 30 to 90 days to complete. So, Anne Hesh, rest in peace. And it's a shame because she was only 53 years old and she still had a lot of life ahead of her. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what time is it, Philip? You know what time it is. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. Philip is so sublime. It's horoscope time. Philip Landry is a one. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were only doing one line. We're only doing one line. I just wanted to mess. Well, how appropriate this week. This is probably the first week I get to follow up your obits with basically what would be considered the list of creepy properties left to you each son in the will by their deceased sugar daddy or sugar mama. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to tell y'all each song, what are y'all getting from y'all sugar daddy or sugar mama upon their passing? Oh, come uh, on with that. But- Cause I need a sugar daddy. Yeah. I'll have to find one and then I'll. So let's start with Aries. Y'all are getting left a ranch in Colorado with an underground secret bunker from the Cold War era. Oh, no. That's that's who? Aries? Yeah, Mikhail yeah, Gorbachev will be me. waiting for you. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Y'all, yeah, and someone yeah. from the Cold War era just it was an obit. <laughs> yep, exactly. That might be me farther back, though. That might be closer more to, like, Khrushchev era, that one. But, <laughs> If not Stalin era, okay. Stalin, yeah. Oh, um, uh, Lenin. That's even. <laughs> that's as far back as you okay. can go. That's too far back to have a bunker. Okay, we're talking about like 1950s, 1960s. Khrushchev, yeah. yeah. Bunker. Brezhnev was the seventh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving along, we got Taurus. Y'all are gonna be getting in the will a desert warehouse full of UFO crash site memorabilia alongside historical items from the Civil War. Oh, the Roswell package! (laughs) (laughs) Area 51. (laughs) Did he just call it the Roswell package? The Roswell package, yeah. The Roswell. Oh, that's great. That's great. (laughs) 
that's actually not too bad. They might you might be able to make some money off of that. Yeah, you, know? you might. Yeah, that's a, that's just some paraphernalia Probably that'll work. Some... I mean, there's collectors, right? Right, of course. <laughs> oh, that's actually not a bad item. If you're gonna get it good. Yeah, Gemini. Y'all are next. Y'all are gonna end up getting a mine in the Appalachians with a radio outpost nestled in the woods. Oh. Yuck. Like real out in the boonies. Boonies is bad enough. Just being in the boonies. No. <laughs> no, no, no boonies. No, no, honey. No. The Mothman Chicken come shit. visit them. You know what I'm saying? Have fun with that, Gemini. <laughs> okay. Maybe the Mothman will be kinder to you. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe so. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a Gemini you wouldn't mind being carried away, right? Yeah. No comment. Okay. A, a Gemini that wouldn't mind being carried away. Oh. Or was it started off anyhow? Well, that that's gone. So. Yeah. Exactly. That's over. Well, hello, we got cancer. That's you, Barry. That's cancer. Me. Oh. You, I... you want to know what you're gonna get? I hope I'm not going to get the disease named after my sign. <laughs> Your sugar daddy and all the other cancers as well are going to get from their sugar daddy an abandoned amusement park complete with a pier and a Ferris wheel by the seaside. Oh, it oh, sounds like Jazzland. Except for that's not by the seaside. <laughs> exactly. That's in a swamp. <laughs> six flags over New Orleans, bitch. <laughs> they are actually renovating that now, and they're going to that's reopen it place. as a water park. They're re renovating that. They're renovating Lincoln Beach. And now there's talks of renovating Pontchartrain Beach. Yes. Be nice to do something. Yeah, they do it just as I'm about to die. Oh, we're going <laughs> to be. Huh? They're going to have to cart. By the time they get it finished, I'll just have to wheel you out there if you're still around. Okay. You know how long it takes to get stuff done in New Orleans? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, yeah I probably won't started. see it. <laughs> oh, I didn't try. I didn't mean to make Just it like poor the Buddy D never lived to see the Saints win the Superdome. Well, the Super Bowl. Super. <laughs> and he didn't get to walk across Bourbon Street in his red dress. No, he Buddy never D did. But a bunch of people but did it for him. people have done that for him. So. Yeah. Well, we got Leo next. That's you, Robert. Yes. And Curtis. And Curtis. Can't forget about Curtis, right? Curtis and Robert. Well, this was y'all. Y'all actually get a nice one. Mm. Apparently, y'all sugar daddy is leaving y'all a chateau and the surrounding vineyards in the south of France, mm -hmm. but they're haunted by spirits of unrequited lovers. Wait a minute. Why they get a chateau mm -hmm. in the south of France? Mm -hmm. Why they get a chateau in the south of France and I get a broken down amusement park? Well, guess what? That's fine. My, my Spanish will work well there. Uh, uh -huh. You know what happens to people who gloat? <laughs> Karma gets them. That's okay. I can deal with a... Uh, yeah. Hey, they might invite you to go stay there with them and the ghosts, okay? Yeah, I, and, they, and I'll offer them a ride on my broken down Ferris wheel. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Everybody's yeah. having a good time all around. That's yeah. perfect. All right. Right. Now, I don't know if the next sign's having a good time or not, but it's Virgo. Oh, who cares what they're having? 
They're getting a rundown rail station hotel in a ghost town out west. Oh, they deserve that. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Who knows? It might be on the Oregon Trail. Who knows? Oh no! And, oh, and they don't show, and, and not allowed to watch any classic film. Wait, that's really funny. I bring that up. That was what I didn't get to bring up when we were talking about what we were watching. I finally got to watch Miracle Workers, the third season, the Oregon Trail. It was hilarious. Oh my god, the cat is like beating down the door right now to get in the closet. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm well, surprised. we got we got a new one too. I know y'all got a new. Y'all, y'all didn't tell tell the people. Well, well, well it's Robert's cat. Yes, my baby. He brought it in. Yes, Winifred. Her name's Winifred, and she looks oh, like she oh, looks like Mr. Fred. It. She does. She's cute as can be. Curtis sent me a picture. She's cute. She don't have the the black stripe on the head and the black tail, but. In every other way, she looks just like him. She's smaller than him, though, that too. That's okay. Aww. She's such a sweetheart. Oh. Yes, she is. She she, she is. She's sweet, just like Mr. Fred was. Love it. I love it. Well, moving along, we got Libra. They're going to get, well, actually, they might get the best one, actually, depending on how you look at it. They get a remote island in the South Pacific without a soul in sight. Mm. Oh, I don't know how good that is. That could be a little bit remote island in the South Pacific. Beautiful. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. Beyond that. Uh, yeah. I'll take it. I don't know. I like at least having life around. Nah. (laughs) You know. Would your mama love that though, Barry? Because she was a leaper. Would she love that? No, she liked being around activity and everything. She was. Like, she was yeah, just okay. an audience. What do you expect? Yeah, you know, she she exactly. She would like to. She liked to. Oh, she if, if you had a telephone there where she could call anybody at any time. Yeah, but she loved that woman. Loved the telephone. <laughs> in the days before okay. call, uh, in the days before call waiting, you never could get on the phone. You, it was busy all the time. Oh wow! Yeah. You could be dying, and a, a monster could be chasing you in the woods, and you try to call it. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing in the woods? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing in the woods. Maybe I'm at Camp Crystal Lake. Who knows, you know? <laughs> that's as bad as Philip being in the closet. Speaking of, that's a movie that I just saw with Kevin Bacon. It was the, um, <laughs> the LGBT, he, he runs the LGBT conversion camp. It's on. Oh my! Yeah, and it's it's in the woods, and there's a uh, Jason kind of serial killer going after everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to watch that. And uh, the funny part about it is, is Kevin Bacon was in the original Friday the Thirteenth. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Well, talking about insanity, like this is about right for Scorpio. They including myself. Y'all are getting left a shuttered psychiatric facility that was used for the criminally insane. Mandeville. (laughs) (laughs) They may help me. I actually live... Wait, we're joking about this. The reality of this is I live in the parish that has all the crazy facilities up here. Okay, they got Jackson State Penitentiary there. I live in West Feliciana, but East Feliciana actually has all the facilities. Yes, they have Jackson. Ah... Far from it. No. 
<laughs> oh man! How often have really... you visited, Philip? But that one's still operational for now. Maybe not the whole thing, but it's still got. Yeah, it's still operational. Uh, talking about operational things, let's talk about Sagittarius for a moment. <laughs> this is about right. They're getting a dusty manor in the English countryside full of esoteric antiquities. Oh, well, your, your, um, your man would love that. Yeah, but he'd probably awaken a few things like that should not be awakened, like old gods and shit by messing <laughs> yeah. with stuff he's not supposed to be messing yeah, with. Yeah, true. That's the only problem for both himself and everybody. Yeah. Now, well, now talking about problems, we got Capricorn. That's Lance, right? Yeah, that's Lance. Lance would probably, but it would be a problem for the rest of y'all. The Capricorns, including Lance, are going to be left a Victorian mansion in Maine, built next to a cemetery. But there might be more bodies buried under the house than in the cemetery itself. Are you kidding? That's right up his alley. He'd love that. He'd be in love. Here we go. He he would be in seventh heaven. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Rusty, I'll be like driven up a wall, but he'd enjoy himself. No, I'd enjoy it too. Mm-hmm. I like ghosts. Okay. Spirits. You do. <laughs> ghosts are fun. You remember the one that kept on playing her song everywhere? That's <laughs> right. That was. That was Shirley. Yeah, Shirley was. Yeah, that was a good one. Shirley Goodman. Yep. Aquarius, we got y'all next. Guess what y'all getting? Some good old children of the corn business. Y'all getting acres and acres of cornfields with no cell phone reception. Oh. They're going to be eating that food that can be recycled through the human body. Corn. Right? <laughs> corn. Corn. That sounds yep. corny. <laughs> it is That corn. joke was corny. Very. <laughs> And last but not least, get ready for this one. Pisces, y'all are actually going to be gifted the yacht that is now the crime scene in which you killed your sugar daddy or sugar mom. Oh, they're going to kill that sugar daddy? Ooh. In the well, yacht, you know, and then they end up getting the so yacht. It's so funny because that been, this, this would have been, I guess you, you were doing it according to, because um, we decided to give, What's her name? Uh, Misty, the Celeste Beard, because you know she yeah. killed her. She killed her uh, her husband and blamed it on her lesbian lover. So that's why. And, and I told um, uh, Misty about that. She goes, "Oh, I want to do that one." And then we went when we went to the GAA. Princess Stephanie said she wanted to be on our podcast, and I thought she meant the new one that we we starting up. And she's no. She says, "I want to be on a creepy one." I said, well, you want to do a you you want to cover a true crime story? She said, baby, I am a true crime story. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty- you know, I'm going to put a plug in here real quick, but in case those listeners don't know, it is Labor Day weekend and it is Southern Decadence. That's weekend. right. That's yeah. right. I'm sitting here looking at all the upcoming Southern Decadence has not been celebrated celebrated in the last two years because of the pandemic. So if you're in the greater New Orleans region or feel like a road trip, if you're, say, in Atlanta or Dallas or Houston or something, come on down this weekend. We've got some of the best shows in town at the local clubs. And have a 
Have a good time. Like and, if say. You, and if you're a horny queen, there's going to be naked men everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 50th anniversary, too. It is the 50th anniversary yeah, of Southern Decadence. Yeah, 1972 was the first one. Les I think it was simple second line in 1972, though. <laughs> it's actually started as just a group of guys just getting together at a house party yeah, for yeah. service workers that couldn't uh, party on yeah. Mardi Gras, so they they created their own. Yeah, and then they start the the bar crawl that they would do turned into a parade, and then with the internet, it just put, took off and became a circuit party. Oh yeah. Before the internet, it was what we used to call our best kept secret. Yes, and it was always it yeah. a massive, yeah. and and it was a lot of it was basically indoors because people were fainting during Pride. You remember Rip and Marsha tried to move Pride to October, but that's kind of like trying to move Halloween to January. You, <laughs> <know>? <laughs> you can't do it because Pride. Now is this nasty thing to say, but I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I accidentally, I was on the street in a pink wine uh, sarong and a Mar- blonde Marilyn Monroe wig. One, one, this was like 2004, I think. Oh and somebody goodness. out of nowhere went up underneath. They assaulted me, but I guess I didn't complain, but they literally <laughs> ate my ass out on the street. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. What are you doing? You oh, didn't say nothing to begin with, so apparently you, you didn't. You sure it wasn't Lance? Oh, pop! No. <laughs> That's something Lance would do. Oh, God. It we was, have to use his name on this podcast. Okay, I was like drunk enough. At oh, least. you we know that we got right now. We definitely, you know, we usually all rate it E, but I wish there was a double E for this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. I mean, I look back on it, I'm like, uh, nowadays somebody would like totally like turn his the guy's ass in for assault, but I was like, oh well, I was drunk and I just and you enjoyed and, it. Oh, oh yeah. Speak. You met. I'm gonna tell him what happened earlier today. We went to Dollar General in Gentilly, uh-huh. and. We got into a conversation with this lady, and we told her that we were going to be recording our podcast. Well, Barry did. You know how Barry talks to God and everybody. Well, I'm friendly, okay? <laughs> Kill me. Well, I told her that we were recording a podcast, time. and she said, what is it called? And I said, open show. She goes, oh, my son listens to that. And he's telling me, Mom, you got to listen to this. This is great. I was like, oh, isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. Philip, isn't that great? That is great. <laughs> <laughs> we that definitely so have cool. to get our How webcam cool and start that? video recording these shows. Yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna go on YouTube eventually. Oh yes, indeed. Yeah, especially with Philip's facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get you a drape behind in your closet that says "Open Shutters" or "That Bitch" or whatever. Well, hopefully, hopefully, like no, I seriously, seriously would like my altar behind me. I just. I need to go get like a curtain rod and a, just a damn black velvet curtains and put myself over there. But for now, I'm still in the closet. So. Yeah. Yes. We'll forgive you, honey. We'll forgive you. Yeah. Actually, well, our, our acoustics aren't too bad here. No. But we are going to probably put some curtains around the studio area. Uh-huh. Maybe. Uh-huh. It is his bedroom. We don't really want to take too many liberties with it, you know? No. You, are you taking liber- his liver? Wait, what? What's going on? Are you taking liberties? <laughs> we are recording in Bob's bedroom. Why, why, why? That's where that's where the studio is. It's in his bedroom. Yes. God help. Oh, me. and another thing too that we didn't tell you. We just bought a brand new TV, as eighty-five inch, 
And we got a red refrigerator, which was damaged, and we waiting for him to replace it. And we got a new washer and dryer. Yes. Yes, indeed. More yes. bills, more bills, more bills. Yes, more bills. More debt. Hmm. But mine. more per... Uh, <laughs> 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 you think not. <laughs> anyway, okay, so... Uh, are you finished or did you, you still have Pisces? You that was it. Pisces. Okay, Pisces. so I guess we ought to take our break now. Yes, and so listeners. When we come back, we are going to what be reviewing a classic 1972 Alfred Hitchcock movie. Alfred Hitchcock's second last movie called Frenzy. And that many, many film historians say it was his last great film. Uh, so we and it's about a serial killer, so it, it fits right in with this podcast. Yes. So we'll be back right after this. Right after this. All right, we are back, and we are tonight. We are talking about and reviewing a classic Alfred Hitchcock film. It is uh, Alfred Hitchcock's penultimate. You know what penultimate means? No. Second to last. Oh. Film. It's also the first film he filmed in England since he had moved in. In I think it was twenty five years since he had moved to America, and uh, he also um, it also was what a lot of film historians claim is his last great masterpiece film. It's called Frenzy, and officially called Hitchcock's Frenzy. And it's based on a 1966 novel <clears throat> called Goodbye Piccadilly, Farewell, Leicester Square. And it stars John Finch, Alec McCowan, Barry Foster, Billy Whitelaw, Anna Massey, Barbara Lee Hunt, Bernard Cribbins, and Vivian Merchant. And, uh, and Robert Vivian, Asleep. And uh, <laughs> Vivian Merchant was one, it was pretty much stole. All the scenes she was in, don't you think? Oh, yes. The ones I saw, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, the, the plot is around the serial killer called the neck the, the necktie killer, the necktie strangler. And uh, former RAF squadron leader Richard Bailey, played by John Fitch, gets fired from his bartender job where his girlfriend Babs also works. Play, she's played by Anna Massey. And, um... He goes to see his friend, uh, uh, Bob Rusk, who runs a vegetable and fruit business, a produce business. And um, he gives him a tip on the horse, but of course he doesn't have enough money to bet on the horse. And he also gives him a box of grapes. So it turns out that the grapes, the, the, the horse wins 20 to 1. Which, if he would have put like 20 or uh, 30 pounds on it, he would have been actually had enough money to live on for a while. Yeah. And uh, so he's all, all upset. He, so he goes to his, his ex wife runs what they call a matrimony agency. I don't remember those in America. They must have been, it must be an England thing, huh? Philip. Must. And honey, that was like the, that's what they guess they had to do before they had all these apps. Well, yeah, before the apps and everything, it was almost really like paying a matchmaker, yeah, more or less. So his wife's very successful with this. Yeah, friendship his, and marriage. Yeah, his his ex wife, um, Brenda, played by Barbara Lee Hunt, 
is um, she's very successful with this. And Richard has some anger issue problems. He 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 has this tendency to go off on people for the most minute thing. He's rude to bartenders and rude to people in the service industry. Sounds like somebody I know. Oh no, Lance. Yes. Not me. <laughs> no, not you. Not me. He um and he's he he's like really rude to one of the bartenders. And it just so happens he's uh, standing right next to to Inspector. What is the Inspector's name? Uh, Except Inspector Oxford. Oxford. Ah. And he and he and Sergeant are talking about the necktie strangler. Because uh, in the beginning of the film, uh, there's a politician giving a speech. By the, by the river, by the Thames River. And sure enough, he's talking about pollution and, and trash and garbage in the river and what pops up for the body, strangled with a necktie. <laughs> kind of an in-joke. And that's where Alfred Hitchcock's... You know how Alfred Hitchcock always did his cameo in the beginning of all his movies? Well, that's where this one is. So anyway, getting back, Blaney goes to visit his wife, Brenda, and uh, he gets he starts arguing with her, starts attacking her verbally. And her secretary, who's pretty much an old maid, <laughs> they, they would have called her an old maid back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like a plain woman that probably wasn't married. And uh, he calls her Vinica Joe, which was a World War II term, I believe. But anyway, um, she overhears Blaney and Brenda, Richard and Bl- Brenda get into a big old fight. And Brenda tells us she could take the rest of the day off. So Brenda decides she wants to do something nice for Richard. She takes him out to dinner at a country club. And while he's not looking, she sneaks a little cash into his pocket, which he discovers later when he's sleeping at the Salvation Army uh, hostel. And one of the bums is trying to steal his money. One of the homeless people, as we call them now. So anyway... The next day, who visits Brenda but Rusk, Bob Rusk, Richard's friend. Turns out he's a big old giant perv hmm. that just wants, wants to, to, uh, to hurt and damage women. And he tells Brenda that she's his kind of woman. She's his type. So she's getting scared trying to escape. He knocks her down and rapes her. And obviously, he can't get it up. So he gets pissed that he takes off the necktie, and that's when she discovers he's the necktie killer, and he strangles Brenda to death. And it's very brutal and very gnarly, and they show her dead with her tongue sticking out. You saw that, Philippa? Oh, yeah, that was... That was really gnarly. So, anyway... It had, like, the same, if not more intensity on some levels because of the angle... Of the of the uh, the shower killing scene in Psycho, it was done. It, it was the, it was the same scene, same type of scene, but it was updated for the. To me, I twelve years some, later, you know, might not have had the blood, but the camera it was seemed even more intense, though. Well, you see the woman literally see her dying, see the life right. being choked out of her, and uh, right, she's literally and she's praying before this happens. She, you know, and um, 
it's it, it, it makes it very disturbing. So poor Richard happens to come to the office. He can't get in, so he leaves. And the secretary, who was played by Gene Marsh, you remember um the old TV show Upstairs, Downstairs? Gene Marsh was the show at Monica, the name. He um she sees she sees Blaney. She goes in, discovers Brenda's body. And of course, everybody now thinks Blaney did it. So uh, Blaney go Babs is going to work. Well, Bla well before that, Blaney um, that same day, Blaney goes and gets Babs. Has Babs meet him with his stuff. They spend the night in, a, in an expensive hotel room because he has money now, and they they see the newspaper that you know Brenda was murdered, and they don't. No, uh, and they think Richard is a suspect. So they go to, uh, somehow or another, they wound up at a friend of his house whose wife is played by Billy Whitelaw, the garbage nanny from The Omen. <laughs> and she's just as much of a bitch as she is in that one. Well, she did better. and She's a bitch, but she didn't really, like, I know for you that's... I think she did a better job in this in this role, probably. Well, she wasn't so over the top. Even though I was entertained by her in The Omen, you know. She was so over the top in The Omen. Oh, I know. So anyway, um, she uh, she doesn't want Richard there. She believes he murdered Brenda. And Babs is there. And so Babs has to find a place to stay for the night. because She quit at the pub. She got pissed off and she quit. And she runs in, guess who? Rusk! The tie strangler. And he offers her a place to stay. And they go up the stairs, they go into the apartment, and the last thing you hear him tell her is, you're my type of woman. And the door closes. And Hitchcock does some of his trademark stuff here. As the camera goes down the stairs, all the way down, out the door, into the street, and just shows life going on like normal when we know there's a woman being murdered right now. But life goes on everywhere else. Just like in really, you know, that's that's real life, you know. If it, you know what we, we we don't know what we're doing while all these people get murdered, you know. Right. So they um what happens next? Yes. So so <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, then they show um, they show Rusk putting a, a, a potato sack into a, a truck, and we know Babs' body's probably in there. So yeah. we get, he gets back to the house. He's all relaxing, and he notices that his tie pin is missing. Yo, and he can't. He looks all over for it. He when he opens the drawer, you see Babs' orange dress. So you know that he, he that tells you that he killed her. So he knows, and then he remembers her grabbing onto his lapel. And when she grabbed onto his lapel, he, um, she took, she took the, she got the tie pin. So he's, he's frightened now. He's, he's like a wounded animal. He's running, he goes into that truck and he look, he can't, he can't find her body in the, uh, in, in all the various sacks, finally finds it. And the driver comes and drives off. Not knowing that the back of the truck is still open, so Hitchcock does his little suspense thing all through this. He's he's just scrambling to get her body out. He gets to her feet first. 
Rigor mortis. Falling uh, out the, the truck. <laughs> what? Potatoes were flying out. Potatoes the truck. coming out of the truck, and she's That's in. The part she's, I missed. she's in. Um, she's in a big state of rigor mortis at this point. I mean, she's not, oh She's stiff as a board, and he tries to open to get her, the the pay out of her fingers, but she's in rigor mortis. Her fingers won't move, so he has to break her fingers to get it out. He finally gets the pin. Well, the truck. He stops at the truck stop. And with, what did they call it? A pull-in? Because England has some re- really weird names. Yeah, it was called a pull-in. Pull in. A pull-in is just a truck stop. What we call it. Yeah. So it's got like good comfort food and stuff like that. Yeah, the truck stops usually have a little diner and everything, or a little store or something. So anyway, he takes yeah. her, he 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 gets out, and somehow or another gets back home, and the truck takes off, and the truck's draw, rolling, and the police are behind it. And they happen to see the body fall off the truck. And sure enough, now we know it's Babs because they show her face. and She's in a expression of frightened death with the necktie around her neck. Okay, while you're on that scene, I got to mention that whole scene in the back of the, the, the truck with the potatoes. It was like parts of it were like, uh, some of it was like, oh, my goodness, serious. And some of it I wanted to laugh. I was like, it was a that's weird. very that's Hitchcock. That's Hitchcock. Just like when Norman is throwing the um is putting the car into the swamp with Marion Crane in there. Right. Part of you once is horrified by what he did and, and then when the car stops sinking, you're going like, Go down, go down. You start to to, to root for Norman. Yeah. This <laughs> is really strange. Hitchcock I does that to you. He, he, knew, he knew how to play with the audience and he knew how to play with the emotion. And I guess yeah, potatoes, you know, that's kind of a strange thing. And anyway, uh, so anyway, um, he, uh, Rusk is, uh, I mean, Rusk, Blaney is found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. But he keeps on insisting that it's Rusk. So meantime, the inspector's wife is, t- is taking his gourmet cooking class. <laughs> and she is played Poor by Vivian inspector. Merchant, who see, steals those scenes. She is absolutely wonderful. In it. But we're going to talk about that more when we talk about the performance. And oh, okay. she's serving him things like oh, the soup that she's serving him. Oh, the fish soup. No. The, yeah, it, it was like a... Um, it was soup to pasta. Actually, I've had conch already yeah. before, and it's actually pretty good. But it was really, uh, it really, they really made it look gross, especially the little oh bubbles and, the, <laughs> and everything. And so she serves him this, and then um, what? The, what else did she give him? Is that all she gave him in that scene? Oh no, she gave him the quail with the uh, oh the um, quail right with the quail grapes. With, with grapes, mm. and the quail could was so dry you couldn't even cut it. She had overcooked. <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't believe that Blaney's guilty. She never does from the beginning, and she's sort of like the conscience. So he starts. So uh, so the inspector starts thinking, and he remembers what his wife said, and he remembers some other things, and he starts investigating further. He um, he goes. He takes a picture of. Uh, he takes a picture of Russ to the matrimonial agency and the secretary recognizes him and says, you know, more or less tells him he was a giant 
uh, sadistic perv that wanted a woman that was just going to let him beat the hell out of her. And uh, then he goes to the pull-in, as he calls it, and people remember seeing Russ there. So he's pretty much, at this point, sure that Russ is the killer. And in the meantime, Blaney is being moved you know, to prison, and he throws himself down the stairs, gets himself put in the infirmary. So when he's in the infirmary, some of the other patients put sleeping pills in the guard's coffee, and he just passes out. Oh, well. The nurse and the doctors and the police all come, and they're all, with you know, the big ruckus, Blaney slips out. And um, so he goes, he, he, he goes and gets himself a tire iron, hot wires a car, he's going to kill Rust. He figures if he's going to prison for life, he might as well do what they said he did. So he's going to kill Rust. So he gets to Rusk's apartment, and there's somebody in bed, and he sees the blonde hair. You know, you think it's Rusk, and he beats him. It turns out it's another victim of the necktie strangler, a naked woman in bed, with a, dead with a necktie around her neck. The inspector comes in. At first, he's thinking, okay, we were right all along, but then he starts hearing, so it's boom, boom, boom on the stairs. So he tells Blaney, kind of quiet down. Close the door, and in comes Rusk with a big old trunk to put the body in. And the last mm-hmm. line is, Mr. Rusk, you're not wearing your tie. The end. Now, there was another scene with, um, after he started realizing that Rusk was the killer, there was another scene with the wife where she gives him a pig's foot that she didn't cook right. That was funny. And it's so tough, he can't even know. And then what was strange is, is she gives the... Um, you get oh, and it, it, it was some kind of salad or something that she gave him. Uh-huh. But uh, she gives the the, the, the other policeman Sergeant. comes, and she gives him a margarita. And a margarita. And that's really strange that somebody would consider a margarita disgusting because they're very popular today. But when my brother took a film class, he asked why. Yeah, margaritas are good. Why is he said that was before the Mexican food craze. That made margaritas popular. This was 1972. Yeah. So it was lemon juice and triple second tequila and everything. Don't sound too appetizing if you're not used to it, you know? So I love the part where she drinks the drink down and she's like almost ready to throw up. <laughs> so anyway, the movie ended. So let's talk a little bit about it, Philip. I want some of your opinions. What do you think? Wow, there was a lot to take part of that movie. First off, one of the big overarching things I noticed in there, and I guess it was Alfred Hitchcock's way of dealing with it, was the idea of the feminist movement at that time uh-huh. and women and how women and all. And there were interesting things that he actually did in that movie. Now, I don't know if those were intentional. I'm not. I'm still not sure what his real take was because he always leaves it sort of to the character, so he's not really, per se, making his statement. He's letting the character make whatever statement yeah. and you kind of infer whatever. Um, it even started from the get-go. I think, what was his name? Wasn't it Mr. Usher was the character, I think? Gerald, wasn't that the guy speaking at the very beginning? Yeah. By the river? And he's also in the bar later with the other guy, the inspector yeah. guy? 
I found it very interesting because they there was between the one comment he made by the river of oh is that my necktie and then the really bizarre thing in the bar where they start talking about um oh well at least the guy did them some favor like raping her before the, oh the, yeah uh, just she, show she says she says uh, she's the barmaid she says uh he rapes him first and he goes yes I guess that means every cloud has a silver lining. <laughs> And you know I'm you sitting, really couldn't say that today in a movie. No, but but it actually works because it showed what it showed. It's actually not really. I mean, there was a where I was shocked by it hearing it, but when I thought back on it, it was actually really smart because was Alfred Hitchcock actually showing us how certain men still were predators, even well, if they know, weren't the one actually know, the, doing the it? The funny thing about it is, is that today. Some actresses are coming out and saying, especially Tippi Hedren, that Alfred Hitchcock himself was a predator. Yeah, and so I'm wondering. It was. It's very. It's that's what I know, and it's very unusual. Like seeing that in the movie, I still wasn't sure how to fully uh, take that. But they definitely, you definitely see healing with the idea that women are having this feminist movement at that time. It women was just are coming starting. Into this was 50 years ago. They were still telling, you know, uh, 1972, uh, bosses were still telling their secretaries what kind of bra to wear. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, 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 it was, I remember her, my mom's yeah. friend worked as a legal secretary. She always worked in these law offices. And one man got mad at one of the legal secretaries and threatened to rape her over the phone. Hmm. Mm. An employer saying this. Well, and that's really what this movie was about. It really was about that kind of culture. I mean, I, whether you like some of what was in there or not, or whether you're okay with it, it was an eye opener for the time. Well, it, it was, was a, you know, it was about a serial killer, and that's before the, the term serial killer was con. Was con. It was before they still calling them serial killers, and um, it, it was it was about bad treatment of women, and it. It uh, Hitchcock actually, according to this movie, did not approve of bad treatment of women. He didn't like the way but he made and the women in it were independent women. Brenda was had her own well, business he, and everything. Babs didn't take any shit from her boss. She just walked out away. Exactly. You look at the the the, the inspector's wife or whatever. She had a mind of her own. Yeah. So did, and the other and the friend's wife. She was um. She, you know, she was a oh, an independent woman. She, she didn't, she, she wasn't gonna have it. <laughs> you the know? friend, I was the one played by Billy, right? White yeah, Law? that's Billy Whitelaw. Yeah, that was an interesting scene because I picked when watching it. If that was all the original colors of the outfits and all, I picked up something very interesting about that one scene in the house. When she's sitting down and they're all talking, she's doing a power pose. She's making herself bigger looking by putting her uh -huh. arms out, like, you know, like an ant, like flare out its gills or something. She has her arms out. And the other interesting thing is everybody else's color is popping. But you notice the color of her dress matches her couch. It's kind of like the thing of I am my property and you are on my goddamn property. Yeah, well, Hitchcock would think of those things like that. But it came off. I don't know if he thought about that or not, but visually I noticed it and I was like, oh my God, this is powerful. And then um, 
another thing too, you know, Brenda Blaney's a very uh, independent woman, but she didn't go back to her maiden name. She's using her married name. And when they, she's getting her jacket back, it's pink, which is the color that's associated with a submissive woman. The, the secretary bothers me because the secretary, I think, was kind of a thing where she was kind of that woman that was just like, let's blame the first person because we just want to blame all men. Also, she Instead was she was what they called, she was, they would have called her back then an old maid. You know, yeah. my mom used to say when I was a little kid, that if a woman wasn't married by the time she was 25, she was an old maid. Then Mary right. Richards came around and changed all that. Now, you know, you're, you're a bachelorette. You're not an old maid. But uh, she, um, yeah, Hitchcock, there were a lot of the Hitchcock things in there. And even the point of what, the, how Babs grabbed the tie clip. Like, you're going to kill me, motherfucker, but I'm going to make sure they know it's you. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's yeah, it, it so yeah, you're right. It does have it does have a little feminist tone to it, and it does celebrate strength in women, even especially for 1972. You know, you but know. on the other side of that, it showed how men were struggling with the same time too. Yeah, yeah, like every male character you saw had a struggle in there of how they were dealing. With this new power and independence and, that women were getting, and they were and they were overly aggressive. Both Rusk and um and 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 Blaney were overly aggressive. Now the inspector wasn't. He pretended to eat her food and everything like that. He didn't. He didn't tell her it sucked. You know? Well, you know what? But you know what? You know what's shitty about that is. People would think that was being good, but that showed he, he couldn't, he was still thinking her as weaker because he couldn't give her the honesty. And I love the part where she tells him, I know what you want to eat, steak and potatoes, but you're going to get this. <laughs> that was funny as hell. That was funny. Okay. But, 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 but so one final note, if you think about that final scene, remember when uh, Blaney walks in and he's going to try to get Rusk and he ends up hitting the other woman. Sometimes men don't realize trying to come to the defense or whatever, sometimes they themselves are beating up or running over the woman. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that makes kind of an interesting point statement there. at the end. Now, uh, there's a lot of Alfred Hitchcock trademarks in there. First of all, the wrong man. Alfred Hitchcock was yeah. afraid of the police, and they always got the wrong man in his movie. The same thing was in those. He even has a movie called The Wrong Man. And... Um, Food always plays a big part in Alfred Hitchcock's films. You remember, he has Marion Crane eating sandwiches before she's about, like she's being fattened up for the slaughter. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, the food, the, the, the gourmet food, which is a conversation starter between the inspector and his wife. Uh, he also has the camera angles. You know, the begin it, start always, it starts with the helicopter shot, just like Psycho did. And the shocking murder scene is that the companion scene to the to the shower scene and the rape scene in frenzy they're like sister scenes really and they, uh, they, it's and it's always you know and and it's but, but yes they're all independent women okay what we want to talk about next are the performances or do you want to talk about something else you want to talk about cinema uh 
the only thing I wanted to mention overall, there's not there's not a lot to talk about on makeup costume with the cinematography, except for one thing. It was, I think he knew this, and they're, at the very beginning they put City of London, and I noticed throughout it, and the way he did all his camera angle, I think it was almost a love letter to London. Yeah, because like, it, it was his, his first, it was his last even, film filmed in no. England, and I think he should, I don't think he should have made that family plot movie. I think he should have stopped at Frenzies. That, that would have been a great send-off. You know? But I think it really was a love letter to London. Yeah. His love way of saying, his, his home, y'all are yeah. still home, you're still my heart kind of deal. Yeah. So anyway, let's, uh, okay, so you, let's go to the performances real quick. John Finch as Richard Blaney. Excellent. Yeah, very good. Yes. yes. Uh, Barry Foster as Bob Ruck, Rusk. Oh my God! Yeah, you know he he played evil. <laughs> oh, he was great. Farming evil was perfect. I think old yeah. Billy did a good job in the alt role she had. It was a small role, yeah. but yeah. Good. Barbara Leigh-Hunt as as Brenda, she was really good too. The Amazing. dying scene, she really looked like she was dying. I mean, you it looked like the life was coming out of her. I, I get I that imagine. out of my head. Janet Lee did the same kind of thing in Psycho. You could you exactly could see, you could see her dying. Um. What about um, uh, Anna Massey as Babs? Yeah, I liked her character. Yes, yeah, yeah she did, a- and and she played. It's funny because she's that this actress is she's the daughter of Raymond Massey, who's an American character actor, and he was married well, to it- a British woman, and her brother is Daniel Massey, who played who was a, a musical star. And he was with Julie Andrews in the movie called Star, where she plays Gertrude Lawrence. And you know how great her acting was? She really endeared you in the movie to the point, even though Brenda died, Babs was the one you felt worse about. You didn't actually get to see her death. You actually, exact- wanted, you actually wanted to warn her the minute you see one time. Don't go in that house. Don't go in that apartment. I know. I mean, it's like... Uh, and, uh, okay. What about... Um, Alex McCowan as Chief Inspector Oxford. He was pretty good in that. He was very. He did a pretty good job. I thought. Okay, this was my favorite in the whole movie. <laughs> okay. Vivian Merchant as Mrs. Oxford. Yes, yes. She was a comic relief. She yes. and she was everything that uh, you know. She had a small role, but she's one of the most memorable characters in the show. In the whole movie, and much more memorable the than the bar owner that you that fires. Uh, what's his name? That fires Richard. She's much more memorable. Oh, and another theme of Alfred Hitchcock's I wanted to test on too. Mothers. You remember he his mother was there for a while, and he talked oh, about, yeah. about yeah. what a wonderful mother he had. Both him and yeah. Norman Spates were mother obsessed. Oh, that's okay. You know. Yeah. So anyway, but I thought Vivian Merchant was absolutely great. I mean, she just and I read that she it was sad. She had um she wound up dying at the age of fifty three from alcoholism. Mm. Oh, that's a shame. So I hope she drank I guess she drank too many margaritas, huh? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I was and she's only in her forties there, but because of I guess because of her drinking, she looked about ten years older than that. Yeah. And then she looked like she was at least in her fifties. She she was only in her, like she was like forty three in that movie. Yeah. Uh, 
So anyway, um, all right. Shudders for uh, the scale of one to five. What you give it, Philip? Ooh. Only because there's even gosh, I'm trying to think of in the time it was done. I'm gonna give it four and a half. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it five because I think it's it's just oh wow a great film. It's um it's definitely one. It's you know it's in the greatest films of the American uh, Film Institute list, and uh, it's really um it would have been a good uh, farewell for Alfred Hitchcock, a good finale. If he yep. went, and because the movie he made afterwards was terrible, you know, family <laughs> plot. Uh, I think he was getting old. And during this filming, Alma Hitchcock, his wife, had a stroke, and mm. so that he there were some parts where he wasn't focused. So by the time of family plot, he probably wasn't focused at all. Oh, you want a couple of little bits of trivia before we go? Well, I need to rate it. What was? Oh, well, I want to Yeah, you ra- go ahead and rate it. I'd give it a four. You give it a four? Yes. Oh, then yeah. Just so skips right in. over me. Okay, here's a few interesting things. He's um. Michael Caine was his first choice as Rusk. But Caine thought the and said, "I don't want to be associated with the part." He thought that the character was horrible. Ironically, ten years later, he played the serial killing transvestite in Dress. <laughs> Vern- uh, Vanessa Redgrave turned down the role of Brenda and she also turned down uh, Deep Red's uh, and, and Deep Red's David Hemmings who I think just recently died turned down the whole role of Blaney Helen Mirren later played Hitchcock's wife Al- Al- Alma Revelle in Hitchcock and she met with, Al- with Hitchcock to discuss the role of Babs Eventually, she rejected the role, and years later, she regretted doing so. Mm. Huh, it would have been something to have a young Helen uh, Mirren playing that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I recommend it. It's uh, it's on Showtime. If you have Showtime, the Showtime app, or you have Showtime on your... Um, Cable provider. Your, your, yeah, your uh, Amazon or, or Hulu or one of those. I, I strongly recommend watching it if you haven't seen it before. Well, we gave you too many spoilers, but if you've seen it, give it another look because it's really it's really worth it. It's really a good film. Next week, uh, Bob and I are going to, on September 7th, we're going to be on Les Talk with Misty Gaither. Um, and then later on, Misty Gaither is going to do a guest spot. She is going to do the case of uh, Celeste Beard gold digger who killed her husband and blamed it on her lesbian lover then we gonna, uh, <laughs> uh so anyway um anything else y'all any of you guys have any final thoughts before we go don't get too drunk on decadence enjoy the enjoy the party and make sure you are safe monkeypox vaccines are being offered by the state of louisiana department of health and human services yeah. u.s department of health and human services and by the city of New Orleans. And we had ours. We get an hour. We, oh, I think it's September 15th. We get our second. Week. Yes. So until we meet again. We shall discuss or, what happened during decadence. Or until you hear us on, on Misty's show. Mm. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Bob Rusk. 
<laughs> Fall yeah. out that window. <laughs> and you can pelt it by fruit on the way down. All the way down. And neckties. <laughs> just covered. Bye-bye, Bye-bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Uh,